You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. Hey, what's up, Kingdom Bringers? Welcome back to the podcast. This is the Kingdom Bringer podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day today. I hope it finds you blessed. If this is your first time checking out the show, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. And if you've been here for a while, gracias. Thanks for checking back in. On today's episode, this is episode 99. We're getting closer. We're getting closer to the century mark. It's going to be party time here on the show when we hit that 100th episode. But on today's episode, I have an awesome conversation with a young, on-fire man of God. His name is Sage Liggett. He's the nephew of Pastor Devin Leichner, which was on the last episode and has been on a few of them at this point. But he's grown up in a ministry family, part of the Ark Church, has done ministry really his whole life. He was born into this. He is called to this, and he provides some hope for this generation. I get into a little bit of honesty when I talk about how I've, at times in my adult life, have lost some hope for this younger generation. I've just seen so many things that make me shake my head, make me slap my face, make me want to punch something. (laughs) But then I'm reminded that God has placed people in every generation to lead and to bring the kingdom, and Sage does just that. My daughter is a part of the 180 youth group at the Ark Church. Sage serves there, and it's a blessing to have him a part of my daughter's life, of all these young people. They minister to three to 400 kids every week, and He's a stud, and I'm excited to have him on. It's a great conversation. We talk about a little bit about this generation, the things that we see, the things that we uh, believe in, and Sage really opens up about what he believes are maybe some missing ingredients for this generation, but ultimately it ends with both of us having so much hope and so much uh, faith that God is going to do mighty, mighty things through this generation right here. I'm excited to, to share this with you guys. Remember to check out kingdombringer.com for all the blog posts, all the, the podcast episodes are on there, and there's the merch store. You can buy a Kingdom Bringer hat, a shirt, a coffee mug. We've got our Kingdom Over Everything shirt that's been kind of hot right now. Check those out. 
It's a simple way for you to be able to support what we're doing here on the podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Darren.Eubanks and on Facebook. And check out the video form of this on YouTube at the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. And whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's the audio version or whether you're checking us out on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. I really want to get to 100 subscriptions on the YouTube channel before we get to 100 episodes. So help me out with that. Share these episodes with your friends. That'd be amazing. I'd be honored and I'd be blessed. So thank you for doing that. Without further ado, let's get into this thing. This is episode 99 of the Kingdom Bringer podcast. My guest is Sage Liggett. This is hope for a generation. Be blessed. Well, man, I wanted to have you on because you are, I don't know, I'm I'm really intrigued by young people, young on-fire Christians. I want to give you a little, a little story, a little backstory for me. I kind of started off in youth ministry, and when I was in high school, I was all about it. I was going to be in youth youth ministry forever. And as I got older, I be, I became a youth pastor. I got into it, and there just came this season in my life, man, where I learned to start hating youth, <laughs> like could and. I was actually talking to my wife the other day, like where, where it changed for me. And I kind of feel like maybe it was when phones came into play. Oh, when, when kids started just being on their phones the whole time, like, yeah, it kind of goes with the the time frame, And I, I don't, I never thought of that until just now, but I'm like, I think that changed a lot of things. It changed a lot of, uh, passion in the generation for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of lost some, yeah. some passion for a while. And, uh, I'll be straight up. I've, I've been the kind of guy that has dogged your generation. Oh, sure. Big time. And, you know, I've got a couple girls that are in your generation, a couple daughters that are in your generation and kind of lost some hope, I think for the generation, just based off of, uh, you know, and, you always hear the negative stuff, right? From the right. media and you, you know, stupid TikTok and <laughs> whatever else sure. doesn't make your generation look super, super great. Yeah, but yeah. the the fact of the matter is God has a plan and a purpose for every generation, right? Right. And he raises up people in every generation to that's right. To fulfill the kingdom and and his plan and his purpose. And you are a guy, when we first walked into Ark Church, you were sitting in the very front row, and I just assumed, it was our first Sunday, I just assumed you were Pastor Devin's son. <laughs> I get all, that a First lot. of all, you look exactly like him. I could imagine him looking like you when he was younger. Yeah, and then for real. came to find out that he was, he was your uncle, and that Ark Church was... Uh, for lack of a better word, it was a family business and there was 
um, decades and, and generations that have have poured into this thing. Yeah, yeah. Free, I want to ask you a, a couple questions in regards to that. You're you're in a minister's family. You've got um, down the line guys yeah. that have have been sold out for Jesus and been sold out for the ministry and given their lives to this thing. For you, what were some what were some benefits to growing up in a in a minister's family, in a pastor's family, in a I'll just say minister's family? Yeah. What were some benefits for you as a kid? Because you're a homeschooled kid too, right? Were yeah. you always homeschooled? Always. Always. Okay. Day day one to the final final uh sentence written in a book. Uh, I was yeah. I was homeschooled through and through. So talk um, to me about growing up in this in this family that uh had it had this church called the Ark and yeah. was fully invested and you, yeah. you you were born right into that. Talk talk about that. That's right. No, it's I mean there the the perks and stuff was as a kid, you know, when when um mom and dad were in the office and they were working both on staff, we had the run of the building. Yeah. So, I mean, we had, they paid, you know, babysitters to come girls in the church who, you know, needed or wanted jobs would come and, and, you know, would watch us inside the church. So every video game, 180 and one way had in between, I had a full size gym to myself, the volleyball court. I had the at three ping pong tables and pool tables at my dispense, you know? Yeah. I mean, fun stuff like that, you know, yeah. um, knowing, behind the scenes stuff, you know, there you go. like don't, don't tell your friend, but next week, you know, we're having, you know, rice Krispies as the <laughs> treat, you know, so, That's you know, right, like, yeah. so, you know, fun stuff like that. Um, and I think another cool part was for a while when I was in kind of my first through fifth grade age, um, when I began to develop, um, a begin to, you know, find out who I was, my personality, because that's when I really began to integrate with other kids, you know, because um, that's when I moved into the one-way class. So it wasn't just my four Bible friends, you know, yeah. growing up in the twos nursery all the way through, like now they're bringing in bus kids and I'm meeting, you know, kids that didn't know who Jesus was, you right. know? And so I began to find, you know, who I was being around these people. And I think a cool part was like, oh, Mr. John and Miss Des, that's your parents? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, they're cool. And I'm like, yeah, they're cool, you know? Yeah. And because they were cool, I was cool, right? right? And so yeah. it was like, even from an early age, it felt like, you know, somewhat of a pedestal. And as I grew older, it was the more I hated it. Yeah. Right? Because then it was like, you know, in seventh and eighth grade in 180, all these kids would come up to me and be like, what's the special guest? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, they're like, what, what are we doing? I'm like, I, I'm not like, he's my uncle. He doesn't yeah. tell me everything. I yeah. was like, it's surprises for me too. Yeah. I want to enjoy stuff. <laughs> um, so it's like I mean, the magic show, man. I don't know what, I don't want to know what's yeah, going on. Behind I don't want to know exactly what's going on. So, I mean, yeah. stuff like that, but, um, I mean, it comes just in up, life. Yeah. I was gonna say in life, did you feel, I mean, do you feel like, uh, cause it, I mean, you, dude, you've got some anointed, men yeah. in your family yeah like straight up walking in the anointing powerful men of god and yeah. uh you 
you hit on something about having your own personality and your own identity. And I would say that's very true about you as well. Like you are not your uncle and you are not your dad. Yeah. And you are not your mom. I mean, you're, you are different. I'm pretty different. You're a different dude. And I think you enjoy that. That's pretty obvious that you like to be different too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I do. I, it's, uh, I definitely, you know, was the only kid in sixth grade wearing three piece suits on Sunday morning, like yeah. the bright colors, yeah, crazy outfits, yeah. you know, this is the longest hair any man in my family has had <laughs> for hundreds of years. Yep. No, but, yep. <laughs> um, I mean, growing up, you know, I, I, I look back at it from where I'm standing now. I mean, it's easier to see things on the mountaintop when you look back, it's like, I'm extremely thankful for the way that I was raised and and the people that were, you know, around me, because I mean, there, there are, there are things that I look at and things that I view life and the world. And I just, I, I feel such, you know, I feel like I have such a, so such a powerful biblical worldview, you know, moving into, you know, moving into adulthood that, you know, not a lot of other people, other kids my age have. And so it's, you know, they really set me up and, and it comes with the battle of like spiritual pride, almost in the sense of like, these kids are coming to me with, you know, their problems. And they're like, I just, I'm like, this is so futile. Like trust God, you know, like, this is what I'm like, how do you not think yeah. this way how do you not but feel this Bible way but to, says, right know? but yeah. to realize you know that not everybody had such you know a strong foundation set right. for them you know and so for me i think it's i take it with such you know humility to the fact that everything that has been built up to this point the anointing the the generational blessings that have been built up from grandfather to grandfather to grandfather is you know it's it's been passed down and it's something that i've been given that is is almost like shoes to fill in in a in a sort of a way that i mean because growing up i did not want to be a pastor i did not want to be a minister i didn't want anything to do with the kids ministry or the youth ministry yeah i was like i am going to the nba i am going you know to perform magic i am going to be the basis for disciple because kevin laid that down you know i mean like that's that was me is i want to be everything but this and it's it's crazy to the point that like that's still nothing that i I chase i don't chase to be the pastor i don't want to be the youth pastor i'm just it's it just keeps coming (laughs) <laughs> and I keep following it. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely, I didn't choose this life. Yeah. You know, this life, if you will, chose me or was chosen for me. Yeah. And so it's growing up, like I said, it was, it was different and I didn't know it was too different, but now looking back, I'm thankful for how different it was. That's so good. You talked about generational blessing and you talked about some of the, I mean, there were probably you were sheltered straight up. Right. I mean, that's, and I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of that. I've sheltered my daughters for a very long time and will continue to do so as long as I, yeah. as long right. as I can. So I have no gripes about that. So yeah. you can tell, you can tell the the Christian kids that have been sheltered. Um, 
their worldview is different for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, what were, what were some of the, I'm not going to say negatives, but what were some of the difficulties for you as a, a Christian kid who wanted to be your own person, but felt that pull to like continue with the family business to a point, right? Sure. Now you're always yeah. serving, always there, always present, always, always doing this. Um, what were some of the difficulties maybe when you were younger, like in the youth group age, what were some of the things that you considered to be like obstacles in your life? That um, maybe that maybe other kids didn't. Sure. Didn't I mean, so, so in fifth grade, fifth grade, yes, I was walking through one of our sanctuaries and I had learned how to play guitar the year prior yeah. at a co-op and I saw the bass sitting there out of its case. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what noise that makes. So I knew how to plug a guitar in. So I walked up and I plugged the bass in to a guitar amp and I hit one of the, I hit all the strings and I was like, oh, this is that low sound. You know, this is, this is the beef. So I plugged it in. And as soon as I plugged it in and hit those strings, my uncle happened to walk through and he was like, oh, are you trying to learn the bass? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so he taught me the VeggieTales theme song right there, you know, because yeah. there's no other way to start playing the bass That's right. than That's right. VeggieTales theme song. So, <laughs> so I started, I started messing around with it um, and playing and my dad heard me and he was like, he was like, I could get, you know, the youth or the, the children's ministry bass player to teach you Sunday mornings. So my parents would drive me an hour early on Sunday and for a year, um, I, I practiced with him and I learned the kids songs and our first or fifth graders had a band, a live band, yeah. which is amazing. You know, that I got to grow up with live yeah. worship from, you know, first to fifth grade. Yeah. That's immensely, you know, fantastic and shaping for me, which we can talk more about, you know, sure. music and stuff, worship. Yep. But I, I started playing bass and then my seventh grade year during camp 180, my uncle felt, you know, the voice of the Lord and said, I need Sage. And another one of the um, young men in the uh, service that night was Gavin Fitch. He was like, I need Sage and I need Gavin Fitch to come up here. The Lord wants you to play. And so the uh, youth youth uh, bass player threw the bass around me and Gavin got behind the drums and my uncle went, what song do you guys know how to play? <laughs> and uh, we're like, well, real love you know hill song real love yeah and he went boom click it off we played i got back that week um the week or two after we got back from camp the youth bass player quit and left and so the lord works all things how old are you there uh seventh seventh grade yeah seventh grade so two weeks later he's out of the picture the bass player and about two or three weeks after that, I am full-time bass player yeah. for 180. Yeah. So my entire, I had one normal year in the youth group. <laughs> Every year after that was Tuesday night practices, wow. Wednesday performances, learning songs on Thursday, Friday, practicing on Sunday, coming back through on Tuesday. And so it was, it was a ministry life. Yeah from yeah. the beginning. So I guess a struggle in a way was 
And I mean, it wasn't even, it wasn't even too hard of a struggle because I became best friends with all of those, you know, guys yep. in the band. Yep. Um, and they're, I mean, they're going to be, you know, in my wedding here yep. in, in September. And, uh, you know, they're all old beards, yep. married when yeah, I was a kid. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, and I'm just turning 20. So like it, there were times where I felt like I was missing out, but then there were also times where I was like, you know what? No one else is getting to do this. And I'd have to, you know, fight that spiritual pride yeah. of I'm on stage because being on stage in seventh grade with a bunch of adults in front of your peers, pride was one of the biggest wow. fights for me, especially being such a big personality, Yeah, you know, like, like I am. So, so loud and outgoing is like, that's what I had to fight off yeah. was pride. And I think what, what took me, you know, what really helped me with fighting that pride was realizing, you know what, I have sin just as much as these kids do. And the realization for me that kind of helped me wake up. And I'd say this was probably around 10th or 11th grade. It took a while wow. was, um, you know, because I would always worship out of a heart for the Lord, but sometimes those rock praise songs, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd be like, you know, I'm, you know, yeah. it, but yeah. the realization for me really, really came when I realized that I am a vessel leading people into the throne room of God. Who am I to have such dirty hands coming in, you know, with pride and with, you know, and, and I'm supposed to lead. Cause I would, I would worship. I mean, it wasn't fake. I loved the Lord and I was outgoing and I was exuberant, but there would be times where that pride would, try and sneak in and you know it, it would just it would you know start to play in my mind for two three weeks a month and i'd be oh no no this this is why i'm here and so i say 10th or 11th it was probably more like 9th 10th grade now i'm thinking about that beginning of high school era yeah. so when i realized that my job was to usher a presence in an atmosphere in for people to encounter god well that's that's when things really, really started to mentally, you know, change my thought process. I begin to repent, yeah. you know, change yeah. my thoughts towards it. So, so good. So do you, do you feel like you had, like you were able to, you, you mentioned kind of serving the youth group pretty much your whole youth time, right? Yep. Did you get to experience though? Like, the power of the youth group from a youth perspective or not, or was it always? No, okay. I, I, I would say, so here's the thing is, and I don't remember what year we really started doing this, but there was a time that during camp, the, the band would stop playing and then we would come down into the altars. And then I got to be a student for yes. the first time. I don't know if that was like, ninth or 10th grade but it, it was it was later 
you know, yeah. so while kids were getting, you know, prayed for and stuff, I was on the base and then, you know, my uncle would be like, hang it up, go out, get prayed for, come back, you know? And so yeah. I would do that and I, and I'd come back and I'd feel the presence of God and I would get my fire filling. I'd get my touch, you know, I'd take off running, scream, dance, shout, you know, yep. all the Pentecostal yep. and I would have that. And then I'd get, you know, right back on stage, but that in the pit stuff is, you know, it, it wasn't, it was never my experience, but I understood, you know, that I had a calling. Yeah. And it, and it would be extremely selfish of me to hide that or put that away. So talk to me about how difficult, how difficult was it to relate to those youth that you're trying to reach as a as a homeschool kid as a church sure. kid how because you didn't experience some many of the things that they experienced correct right right so i i guess i would say that for me to relate with them was i almost felt like in the things that we did share sports, basketball, volleyball, when I would go out during the hang time, I was like, how do I earn these kids respect? It is shoving the ball down their throat when they go up for a layup, you know? And so I, yeah. you know, I would, I would, I would play. I mean, Wednesday night, I was 110%, you know? Yeah. And so I'd get all these, you know, these guys and I'd earn their respect and I'd talk to them, you know, and I'd have fun, but like, I guess also like leadership, it's, it's just bred into some people. Yeah. Sometimes you can learn it. There are people who I think have learned how to lead, but there are some people that it's just, it's bred into. And from a, I mean, even when I was like four years old, my, you know, my mom would tell me stuff like, I would, she would walk in to the nursery and all the kids are gathered around me and I'm standing there pretending to be Moses and they're wow. pretending to listen, wow. you know, like to a mess. Like, so I always, I, I have always had this, you know, these pe people would be drawn to, to me and mm. it's just, I can't explain it because I genuinely don't believe that it is me. Yeah. That's but good. 100% me. It's 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 not. God has given me gifts and abilities to use, yeah. but it's just I never had trouble you know making friends or relating to people. I guess in the sense of they'd be like my teacher sucks. I right. they, 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 you know the bully drew on my locker what like whatever yeah. that part i was you know i would in my mind i was always like oh i i could i'd stand up for myself you know i'd beat yeah. that guy up you know I, right you know i'd tell that teacher exactly yeah. what i was thinking you know <laughs> so in my mind i was i was the guy yeah. i was the guy and so my i have never been lacking in confidence that's and good. so that's i just i believed so much in myself that other, I guess, other people flocked to that. So working, working with youth, did you feel like, um, you, you kind of hit on it, but do you, you, 
did you feel like they were dealing with diff with issues that were different than what you deal with? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely like the devil's really good at making you feel like you're the only one fighting yes. your battle. You know, yeah. he's really good at making you feel like, okay, you're the only one right now who's struggling with identity. You know, you're the only one right now who's struggling with lust because I'll tell you as a homeschool kid being home alone, doing stuff on the computer, yep. you know, I wasn't a stupid kid. Yep. You know, I, you know, there were times where I would, I could find my way around net nanny. I, yep. I could find my way, you know, and, and that was, that was a struggle for me for a while. And so it would, it would make me feel isolated and I still struggle to this day. And my fiance will testify up and down the wall about this. I have trouble talking to people about issues and about problems. And it got, you know, even like, even though I had everybody and their brother, I had every anointed giant that we talked about behind right. me, it was still so hard to open up and to talk because it almost felt like I'm being tempted. I fell. I'm letting you down. Wow. And I was, it was almost to the point where I was living. I was trying to live holy and righteous for my family. Wow. And the calling that I felt on my life rather than living righteous and holy because the savior died for me yeah, and said, you know, you love me, keep my commandments, clean yeah. hands, pure heart. It wasn't. And I think I did a good job for a while convincing myself this is for the Lord. And it was never that my intentions were ill. It was all my heart was in the right place, but it was always a struggle to open up about stuff. I would, to anybody. I, I would imagine so, man. I think that, um, that's gotta be one of the biggest obstacles for, uh, you know, pastors, kids, right. Or that kind of thing is the idea of, I've got to put on, I've, I'm representing my entire family, right. Right. Not yeah. just, not just my personal walk with the Lord, but I'm representing other people that have put in time and effort and yeah. appear to be pristine, right? Appear to be right, right, whatever. Because and, I mean, yeah. the, the, the me putting not only just myself in my mind on the pedestal, but also, you know, stuff like as a little kid, hearing like, why would you don't do that? You know, yeah. of course, I was being stupid and I deserved to, you know, get slapped in the back of the head. But like, yeah. why do you do that? You know who we are. Yep. And I, and when she was, you know, my mom would say, you know who we are, you know, you know what we represent. Yep. I was always like, shoot. I was, I was always in my mind. I am never going to be able to publicly mess up wow. or I will be exiled. Yeah. And I will be banished. And I mean, the Bible talks about, I mean, here's the thing. God loves you too much to leave you in the dirt that you yeah. have put yourself in, you know, your sin will find you out. I mean, uh, you know, I got, I got caught, you know, yeah. I got caught, you know, with what, with my, you know, with, with lust and, and with dealing with, you know, all of my issues. And it was, 
it was greeted in such the opposite way. Yeah. Of what you expected. Of what I expected. I mean, of course, there were, you know, the portions that I expected that I got that I just, (laughs) yeah, it was just, it it was deserved, you know, but the, the help and the love that came, you know, from it and around it, that's when I think I, I have always known the voice of the Lord to me. I know how he speaks to me. I know how he talks to me, you know, even, even as like a little kid, you know, it's just, it's once I experienced the fact that everything the enemy had told me about what would happen did not happen. Mm. That's when I truly realized what a liar that voice really is. And that has helped me immensely because because i've gotten to the point in my life and in my walk with christ when where i hear those words very rarely do they bother me when i hear that voice that daunt that lie rarely does it bother me i am more of the person now that's like heck yeah it's out of my control finally i can no longer do anything else right your turn you know i gotta be like dad father yeah i need you you know, and so when I hear those, you know, for a while, I hated hearing those, that, that voice of you're not good enough. You're not going to be good enough. You know, you've done this, that, and the other, the accuser of the brethren, that yep. voice, yep. I used to hate it. And now I love it because <laughs> I know when I hear it, I'm doing yeah. something right. Yeah. That's so good. Like it is a, I think it's a very simple, practical thing, but when you recognize that he's a liar, hmm. it does make you think, man, I wonder what else, I wonder what else he's lied about. Yeah. Right. right. I wonder, I wonder if, if I'm not too far gone, I wonder if hmm. I haven't messed up too much. I wonder if a woman ever can love me. I wonder if I'm hmm. not too dirty. I wonder if, you know, all those things. And when you can slowly peel those things back, you begin to realize yeah, my identity in in Christ is still there. <laughs> yeah. It's still yeah. available. His purpose and his plan for my life was not altered at all. Right. And we can fix it, right? Man, I'll tell you, there was one time, and you can ask Jenny, Devin's, Pastor Devin's wife. We walked around the campground. I mean, around it, the whole, the whole thing about four or five times until 3 a.m. for me to try to explain, because when I think about things, I think deep. That's just who I am. You could give me a shallow subject and I will find the 10 foot ending, you know, like that's just who I am. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, I was talking to her about like, well, I started my life at point A and I was supposed to get to point B, but because I fell off the path, I made point B over here. Now his plan for my life has became point C. And now this point A to B is completely void. That's a timeline that's never happened. She's like, timeline, what are you talking about? And you know, because I was like, you know, I'm talking, I'm like, well, God's plan is, is, is this. And you know, it's, it's the, it's the straight, it's the narrow. And if you mess up, well, now you have to have a correction course to find yeah. the path again yep. when that's not at all what it really 
is. So good. And that's when I think I learned the the true meaning of my grace is sufficient. Mm -hmm. That's what it, that's what it was, was, you know, I screwed up. I didn't ruin God's plan. I mean, how terrible of a God, you know, that's not even a God. If one measly human can mess up your entire plan of eternity. So good. You're not a God. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. It's just, I heard a guy say one time, the very fact in in regards to, to porn and lust, the very fact that you hate the way you feel, mm. you know, yeah, proves that that's not who you are. <laughs> like, right. if if you were comfortable in that, if that was just commonplace, if that's just your daily routine, and you actually, you know, want to live in that in that life. That's that's different. But the very fact, because dude, I, I was there, I was addicted to porn at 12 years old, like full blown addicted. Man. Like I would I would look at girls and I would picture them with their clothes off. I I had to walk down the hallways in, at school with my head down because I I I didn't want to look at these girls, you know? Man. And it, that's crazy. I, it I mean it it boggled my mind for up until adulthood. It 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 affected relationships big time sure so but i i knew what it was like to feel disgusting you know mm, like yeah so i knew i knew that the lord i belong to god i'm trying to do things outside of his will that's gross and i feel gross Mm. repent come back to god yeah be in his grace you know what i mean Yeah. yeah yeah repent isn't i'm sorry that's right repent is change your mindset that's right and you know yep. sometimes it's those it's those rock bottom moments that that's what it'll take you know yep you said something and i was gonna oh so you talked about how you said um you know you'd walk you'd walk down the halls yeah. and, and you you wouldn't be able to look at girls and i i genuinely chalk this up to the grace of god and 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 when i've talked about it to other people i would i would I would say in the way of, you know, it it was the hedge of divine protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That my grandparents and my parents and my great grandparents and everybody that prayed down the line for me, even the people that prayed for me that didn't know who I was, that not that my mindset didn't change because there were parts of my mind and the way that I thought about things changed, but I never struggled even though even as far as i went you know as deep as i had gone i never struggled with in real time things like picturing girls like that when i'd walk down the church halls or walk in the mall i never i never dealt with that there was like a part of my mind that never switched over you know to to those and i just i thank god yeah. Because I think if that part of my mind would have flipped, I would have been so much worse. Yeah. And that it was, it was never in, it was never in the light that I felt the pull. I would be walking, you know, and I would never, I would not feel any kind of, you know, yeah. anything because the devil knew that if he, if he started tempting me in the light that I, I was slick and I was smooth, but I wasn't that slick. I wasn't yeah. that smooth. Yeah. If he could keep it 
if he could keep it tucked away, yep. then, then, no, then he had me. That's very true. And that, that was my biggest struggle too. I mean, I was a, I was a guy that was called to the ministry, believed it in my heart, worked with young people and dealt with these dark, you know, closeted sins. And it was, a. My my experience was very similar to that for sure. I mean, I I had to alter in the light. I had to alter the way that I did things to 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 keep from mm-hmm. having those things exposed, you know. Mm-hmm. And this goes this goes back to what you said before too about really feeling like you have to uphold that that perfect life, you know. Mm-hmm. I I had no one to talk to. I didn't have mm-hmm. any friends that I could open up to because I was the Christian dude who didn't go to parties and didn't smoke and didn't drink and didn't have sex and didn't do these things. Yeah. There was an expectation for me to, to live a certain way. Mm. And I didn't, I didn't have anybody. I'm not saying I didn't, I felt like I didn't have anybody that I could talk down to. And I don't mean talk down, you know what I mean? Like direct my problems downward. Mm. I had nobody. Yeah. And I had nobody up either i had no spiritual fathers in my life mm. um i had nobody guiding me so i i had to grow up myself you know i had to yeah. be become a man myself yeah. and the lord absolutely protected me i'm not going to say that god used porn in my life but it definitely kept me um from the physical stuff i mean right. i didn't i didn't kiss girls i didn't date girls because I, I can't was, say I didn't kiss girls because I, but... I was so afraid of what I would do because right. I knew, I knew how I was in, in the dark. Sure. You know? Sure. So I, I was afraid, like I, I just grew up believing, man, if I have sex, she's going to get pregnant because my, yeah. but my, my thought was God's going to do that to me. Like I had a bad view of God to where it was like, that was going to be God's punishment for me was the moment that I'd screw up like that the girl's going to get pregnant. And so I, I avoided all of those things kind of for the wrong reasons, you know? Yeah, sure. I had had a bad perspective of of God's, um, authority in my life for sure. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I'm very, very thankful for his protection in that. So I didn't have to deal with a lot of things that other folks did for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, God will, God will give you grace by halting you. That's right. You know, you're like, oh, you're on, you're on your way to where Damascus. Yeah, Hold right. on. Let that's me just exactly knock you right. off your horse. Let me let's blind you for a right little here. bit. You that's know, good. let's make you a handicap till you can figure this stuff out. You know, rely on me. Stop having, relying on everything else. Having worked with youth for now for, I mean, how, how long would you say you've been working with youth? Since seventh grade, really. So what, what do you feel are, some of the biggest obstacles for Christian youth today have it has it changed much over the years? Um, I think I think the most dangerous thing is the fact that, like you said, these phones, yeah, and everything that have come out has made my generation numb, mm. numb to passion, numb to you know physically doing things and has created a generation of lackadaisical 
couch potatoes. It's good. You know? Yeah. And so like, because when you sit and you're scrolling and you're scrolling, you are, you are just zoning out. And honestly, like there was a time where I felt like my sense of humor was broken. You know, I mean, I'd be scrolling and there'd be a piece of bread and my generation will know what video I'm talking about. There would be a piece of bread sitting on the counter and it went and it just fell. And I started laughing and I was like, why am I laughing at a piece of bread falling over? I was like, my sense of humor is broken. Wow. And so it's it. I think that our biggest obstacle is going to be our biggest victory Mm. because my generation has a lack of passion but i believe genuinely believe that when god begins to send revival and begins to fill these kids with a fire that that is going to spark a passion and they have never felt passion before because you know your generation or the generations beyond it you know sometimes they would touch a guitar and they'd be Mm. like i have a passion for this guitar let me let me take it on you know let me let me go or somebody would grab a wrench with their dad and start working a car and they'd be like i have a passion to fix things you know i touching a hammer fixing holes and you know whatever like they would have a passion for physical things nowadays People don't, my generation, I feel like don't chase hobbies. They would rather watch other people chase hobbies. That's so good. And so, and if they're not going to be the best at it, or if they're not going to get the most views, or they're not going to get the most downloads, they're not interested in trying. That's right. 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 Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be, because here's the thing is when, when real revelation hits them, they're going to realize that they don't have to be the best. It's good. They're going to realize that all they have to do is obey. That's so good. That's I mean, really good. And, and, and here's the great part is like, I was literally listening to a message today and it's cool that we came to this, but I don't even know who the pastor was. I'll be completely honest because I was mindlessly scrolling yeah. and a pastor came up <laughs> And, and he talked about how David was the one that's praised and Saul is the one that's looked down upon. Well, you know, you look at their life leading up through everything. David had immorality after immorality. He was a murderer. I mean, he did all of this awful stuff to get to where he was at, but the Lord said that David was a man after his own heart. Saul doesn't talk about immorality. It doesn't talk about, you know, him having trouble with his wife or having trouble with what this, that, or the other, but what was the difference between Saul and David? David obeyed. I think that if my generation can just begin to wrap their head around obedience, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing because, because religion will tell you, clean up your house. Jesus is coming. Yeah. Relationship says Jesus is coming to clean your house. Yeah, that's good. He's coming. He he's going to spark a passion in somebody. Somebody's going to get a fire. They're going to start serving. They're going to start reading their Bible. They're going to begin to hear the voice of the Lord. I mean, the Lord promises. He says, "My sheep know my voice 
and as strangers they won't listen to. We have a receptor to the Lord's voice that we have to fight off. Yeah. And some of us are really good at fighting it off and not hearing it. But there is a receptor that the Lord has promised us that we will hear his voice. And if we can, if my generation can begin to hear his voice and listen, even on little things like saying, how are you today to the McDonald's McGrumpy at the window? Yep. Like kindness. Yep is being a light, having a love for people. And that's something that I had struggled with for a while was genuinely loving people. And I had to pray about it because I was like, you know, Lord, sometimes when people leave the church, I'm like, good riddance, you know, I'm like, you know, I don't, you can, you go have your, whatever you do this, you know? And I had very little passion for souls. Yeah. I had very little passion for love yep. and real love. And I will be completely honest. I genuinely believe the reason my generation has trouble with love is because the last generation dropped love. I, from my view in the way that I'm looking at it is listening to a lot of the pastors and the preachers it was all about you, your touch, mm. you know, you need to come to church and you need to read your Bible and you need to bring a visitor this Sunday so I can preach a salvation message and they can come wow. to the altar and get saved. And it was a lot of, it was a you centric gospel. Yeah. And if my generation can realize it's genuinely about love that's right and love casts out all fear that's the reason i genuinely believe why homosexuality and transgender is so prominent in my day is because the last generation and the generation before them the focus of love in the house of god dipped and so all of these kids are searching for love and all they have gotten is condemnation yeah the church turned into the bad guy and i think for the most part now there were there are some people that stood on truth and accepted everybody and welcomed the men i'm not calling out all pastors i'm not calling out my church i'm saying that as a generation came looking for love the church was not there yeah it's good if the church can get back to loving people, because that's all the gays, the homosexuals, the transgenders are looking for is they're looking for someone to love them. And they think that they have to change that because the devil has put into their head, you know, no woman will love you. No man will love you. You are born into the wrong body because you're a girl who likes to watch boxing or you're a dude who thinks barbie life in the dream house is a funny cartoon you know like there are these (laughs) there are these lies that satan has so strategically placed into the minds of the people who sought love and didn't get it yeah and so that's that's what it is is we need to show we need to show love now love does not mean accept everything withhold truth 
withhold truth. We, what the Bible calls sin, we call sin. But it's not our job. I think the church began to take it upon themselves to help that person clean out. Yes, you can help them, but it's not your job to clean it out. Yeah. You are there to be iron and iron. You are there to pray for them. You are there to speak life into their life. I think a lot of people speak death. Yeah. A lot of people speak death and don't realize the power that your words carry. And so when it comes to, when it comes to love, and I think, unfortunately, the pastors that do preach love these days have taken it to, you know, the far, the waterfall of grace, come into Jesus's arms, you can never fall out of them, you know, you can never look at him and, you know, say, I don't want to do what you've asked and he will still be like come on in you know come come as you are he'll come in he'll come 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 as you are but here's the thing is jesus when the pharisees brought the woman yeah that it was caught in adultery yeah i think there's some beautiful symbolism in this story that people overlook they threw her down in the dirt and they begin to tell jesus hey look this is what she's done this is what she's been caught in all this blah 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 he began to write out their sins, all this stuff. They left oldest to youngest, whatever. We don't know what he wrote. We don't know. But the coolest part of that scripture is it says, Jesus knelt down yeah, and said, where are your accusers? Jesus didn't pull her up to where he was at. He didn't make her stand up. He met her in the yeah. dirt. Yep. He, he met her down there. And then he pulled her up and he was like, go and sin no more. How many times did he say, you're healed. Your faith has healed you go and sin no more. You know, there were multiple times Jesus was not all the lamb. He was not hugging constantly, you know, holding kids on his hips. Sometimes he was fashioning whips to go clear (laughs) the temple out, you know? And so I think people have misrepresented real love by taking it to such a corrective level that it has become condemnation and guilt and shame and we've almost taken on a catholic view of things in a sense and then we have this last generation i i really saw in the generation before me the millennials um in, in some in some groups outside of my church and even some inside my church where they took it to the very far side like liberalizing and and like the lord's love and acceptance and here's the thing is like there's there's the straight and narrow it's in the middle you love god you love jesus and let him come in and fix and let him come in and begin to move because when you begin to feed your spirit it will grow and it will begin to push other things out it might suck it might be painful yeah but that's that's what it is it's a process it's good paul said it's a marathon it ain't no sprint it's good. You don't accept Jesus and instantly you are the most holy person who will never experience a temptation again. There are those cases yeah. that I've seen where yeah. they've been radically saved and have no desire to commit the sins that they did. And so I'm not putting anything outside of God. Yeah. I'm just saying people need to realize that coming out of such a stronghold of Satan you are still going to have to fight battles. 
Yeah, that's right. You just have to know that the war was won. Well, and let's let's stop comparing ourselves to everybody else's testimony, right? I mean, it's mm. easy. You know, a lot of the the testimonies that get broadcasted the most are those, those radical. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, dude saw Jesus while he was doing a drug deal, and you know, gunshots and all these things, and yeah, he heard the audible voice of God. Those are fantastic. Yeah. I love them. Right. But that's not my story. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. not your story. That's not a, most people's story. Most right. Christians don't get knocked off their horse. That's right. Know? Most mm-hmm. of them don't. And I think if we can learn to embrace the journey and we can be okay with it, come on, be okay with your journey, you know, that's right. And I don't need, and again, I'll go to social media, like lifestyle is, Mm -hmm. I want to have a story to tell that's better than somebody else's story to tell. I want to, you know, yeah. and there's something I've said this for a while. I'm more impressed with like, life longedness with God. <laughs> I'm yeah. more impressed with the dude that has walked with Jesus and walked that straight and narrow. And when he's messed up, he's come back and for a lifetime, I'm more right. impressed with that than I am the radically saved. And I'm not, yeah. again, not bashing that at all. I believe it. I love it. We yeah. want more of that, right? We want more people to experience that yeah. if they can. Yeah. But there is also something, you know, when, when Paul's talking to Timothy in in these letters, he's saying, Timothy, stay true to what you've been taught, right? You were raised this way by your mom, by your dad, by your grandma. You were raised this way. You know the truth. Mm. Stick to that. That's yeah. that's an amazing story. That's an amazing life. Yeah. That's an amazing testimony. Yeah, and, for real. You know, I, I love to go back to your your passion statement. I think I think that hits the nail on the head. The idea of a lack of passion for things. And you use David as the example. And to me, that is the difference between David and Saul was passion. Look at mm. when, if you know the story of, of Saul's like inauguration, he's hiding in the, the luggage. They come out to like announce that he's the king and he's like hiding in the back because he yeah. didn't want it. He was like passionless. Yeah. And, that, and then you got David who's like, like, sharpening his skills every single yeah. day with that. Where's swing. that giant? Where'd he yeah. go? Where'd he and, he's, where? and, and he's playing the harp. Like think yeah. about the, the, all the different hobbies that he had, the talents yeah. and the skills to be a warrior, yet a beautiful musician yet. Oh, you know, you're right. There, there's some passion that's missing from, from this generation. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day, just simple the idea of work, like freaking work. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll use like this podcast as an example. You know, I, I, I produce other people's shows and I do a lot of uh, kind of helping people get started and, and, and moving forward with the podcast. I've got so many people, man, that start a podcast, five episodes, they're done because they didn't experience the blood that they weren't number one on iTunes and they didn't, yeah. you know, and it's like, yeah, why can't we the process. Why can't we enjoy the process? Why can't we find something that we're passionate about? My show doesn't get a ton of downloads, but I love this. You know, I love yeah. conversation and I love communicating and I love piecing together episodes and ma- adding music and all, you know, the artistic side of like yeah. doing something with my hands. And my wife and I were talking about this the other day. We, we've noticed uh, here in Wichita, a lot of <laughs> people 
holding up signs asking for money, right? Yeah. And down here on on 21st, we saw a bunch of uh, kids in their football uniforms raising money for their football team. Okay? Right in front of McDonald's. And they're they're holding. And I'm I'm all about it. Go <laughs> go raise your money. What yeah. happened to a car wash? You Dude, know what happened funny. to to work? Like I yeah. I will gladly give you some money. Offer me something. And I'll pay you for you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. that's gone, but you see it anymore. It's like quick TikTok videos and this and that and hold up a sign, give me money, you know, support right. my channel, did it all these things. It's like work. Yeah. That's <laughs> how, funny. That's how about really I will good. wash your car and I will offer you a service and yeah. you can pay me, and that money is gonna go to my football team. Yeah. That's gone. That's gone in this generation. And yeah. I'm not saying all hope is gone. I think we've got amazing dudes like you that have passion and are called to lead a generation like Moses leading people out of the wilderness. Right. Mm. But it actually led him into the wilderness, but anyway, yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? I can be Joshua. Yeah. There you go. There you go. You get to we've had a gener- We've had that's a right. generation that's been led into the wilderness. That's right. Let's, let's get out. That's right. Let's that's get right. into the promise so that's of God. A good, yeah. That passion. How do we get that passion back, bro? Uh, so my biggest thing, and this is what I tell people is if you, how do I, how do I word this? I tell people that my biggest thing, my growth and my walk with Christ is get in his presence, get to know what that feels like. Know what it means when the Lord enters the room. Begin to begin to be sensitive to the Spirit by spending time in in prayer. Because for a long time, I knew presence, but I didn't know Scripture to yeah. back it up, and yeah. that took me fairly far. But now I've gotten to the point where I'm needing to add my weapons. I'm I'm needing to add mm-hmm. the ammo to the gun that is the presence. It's so good. It's, it's, if you want to start passion, if you want a fire, go to the source of the Mm, heat. So good. Find, find the, the secret room. Yeah. Because in that room, in that presence, you're going to find peace. And that is a game changer. I mean, once you once you find peace, not that you will live in peace constantly and, you know, it's some kind of Buddhist on a mountain thing. It's not that because you're going to fight battles. I think one of the greatest examples I saw of what it truly means to have peace was I was watching a documentary on some kind of rainforest and there was a waterfall thing and there was a tiny rock sticking out. And there were these birds that were sitting in a nest on this rock as there was death two inches this way and two inches this way. And he was like, they sit, you know, in his voice, he's like, they sit there calmly as death is this (laughs) and that, you know? And I'm like, and I'm, and my dad was like, he was like, how, how much of like Psalms is that, you Mm. know, 10,000 fall, thousand maple valley of the shadow of death. Like, it doesn't matter what you're going through. You can yeah. be surrounded by everything, yeah. but it's the peace. So get into presence. Presence is where you find peace. Presence is where you find passion and where you find fire. 
and the Lord will the He's Lord will work on you. Power, it's good. Presence, there is yep. there is power in presence. It's good because His presence is power. It's so good. I know for you, the idea of presence. I know music plays a big part of that for you. Mm. Talk to me about your journey, your process, and how music impacted your life specifically as a as a christian dude how has music impacted your life music holds such such a weight for me in the fact that it's it touch it touches a part of me that only music touches and it's 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 in the depths of my soul it's who i am and and here's the thing that is that it for me music will touch me in an emotional and a spiritual area no matter what kind of music it is yeah and it will get into the depths of my soul no matter what it is yeah and so as a kid growing up i always loved music I had a CD player when I was five years old. I was playing VeggieTales music on that thing. I had a VeggieTales CD, yep. and it was, I don't know if anybody's going to know what I'm talking about, but VeggieTales did this thing where they would record your name, and they would put it into the CD. And so they're like, oh, wow. Sage, are you ready for songs with wow. Bob and Larry? So I was like loving it. And then I grew up, and I got Go Fish, and then I got my first uh toby max cd and then for my for my uh um well i was probably about seven years old i got my first big boy album and it was lincoln brewster and that song number five so good and that guitar intro and then i got disciple and 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 it just it grew and it grew and my passion for music began to grow and then you know i never really realized how I always knew it made me feel good when I was listening to it, you know, and, and I would enjoy it and I would love it. And I constantly had music. I mean, I flipped a wig when I got my first Apple stick, iPod, no screen round little thing, and a button in the middle, you know, and I, and I listened to fly leaf yep. and then I'd be like, click, 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 you know, trying to get all the way back around to that song. Yep. And so <laughs> it hit, it had always played a major role in my life and I didn't realize how major it was until I began to step into worship. And so in fifth grade, there was one service I specifically remember where I loved the praise songs, jumping, dancing. We had action crew, the live band. My dad was singing the screen, the lights were going. It was, I loved it live music changed my life yeah and there was one specific sunday i had been through t- three years of live music and one where my, where my dad was up there and he said lift your hands he, he was talking in the mic to the whole crowd to all the kids and he was like lift your hands he was like and genuinely try to worship mm. and i hated the slow songs because i was like this is going to be six minutes of standing here. Yeah. I hated the slow songs yeah. as a kid until that one day 
he was like, give it a genuine try. And I threw my hands up and I closed my eyes and I just began to sway. And I began to let the music touch that deep part of me. And I began to cry and I stopped and I wiped my tears. And I remember even at a young age, Sunday night worship services, we used to stand. I mean, our toes were on the stage. Like the kids used to put their toes on the stage and we would worship. And I remember for months after that, I would, I would feel the need to cry, but I never would. And I'd always wipe it and I'd wipe it. And then one time I felt the voice of the Lord and he was like, it's okay. And ever since that day, I started to cry. And now I can't, I can't be in worship without. Yeah. Now you're a ball baby. It's, it's, I am. It is almost (laughs) for other people. I don't care, but other people, you know, secondhand embarrassment or whatever. (laughs) And so it just, it began to touch me and, and then it moved into Spotify and mm-hmm. I downloaded Spotify when I got a smartphone. I was like, this is dope, you know? And then they did this thing and it was like, you know, your first th- three months for 99 cents. And so I was like, mom, can I just get premium? She was like, yeah, sure. I don't care. Paid, gave her a dollar premium changed my life yep. again. It was yep. everything I ever wanted. And Spotify is still my favorite app. Yep. Any take Clash of Clans, yep. take Google. You can have the internet. <laughs> give me Spotify. That's so good. And and I begin to you know explore and I begin to listen, and then I would begin to find artists that weren't Christian. Yeah. First time I had been introduced to secular music was Spotify. Yeah. What was and it? What was it? What was the band? Yeah. It's well, it started with stuff like 80s rock, you know, you know, Aerosmith, you know, I, the tiger, I think the first iffy song I really ever listened to, um, and was, um, walk this way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I'm singing the words to that song, have no idea what the dude is talking about. You know, he's having, yep. He's having his time. I had no idea what he was talking about, you know? Yep. And then I, you know, I, 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 you know, get my headphones and be like, I'm on the highway. And I'm like, yep. You know, and I love it, but it just, it's crazy. The devil is so good. Yeah. He'll start oh so slightly. Yeah. And it started with that rock band. It started with eighties rock. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? Eighties rock isn't bad. Well, you know, Nickelback isn't too far from the eighties. And it was yeah. like, you know, rock star. And I begin to, you know, let those things begin to play in my head. You know, we all want to be big rock stars, live yep. in hilltop mansions. Yep. I want 15 cars. And it, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, I was riding that wave and it just went, you know, from Nickelback into, let me, let me go a little deeper into, you know, and I began to listen to heavier rock at that time is yep. when I found, bands like fit for a king and yep. demon hunter which we went yep. and saw yep. and 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 i am empire and just went deeper until i started getting introduced to stuff like sleeping with sirens and ice nine kills and yep. you know and it just and then i was listening to all these bands and then they'd have like a cover you know or a featuring 
BB Rexa. Right. And I was like, well, if I like this, let me go listen to her stuff, you know? And then I listened to her music and, and it just got to this point where I was, I was listening to anything and everything. Yeah. Parents, you know, my parents didn't know because they were like, ask us before you listen to a song, you yeah. know? And I was like, okay, well, I have Spotify premium, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. they didn't always know what I was listening to. Um, they, they kept a very close eye on me, but you know, growing you up ever as a magician, it, did you ever notice it affecting your, your mood? Attitude? Your attitude? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. well, over the course of time, yeah, it was never instant, you know, it was never instant until I begin, I noticed the, the instantaneous effect it would have because I started to use music as my cope. Yeah. as my numb yeah and so i would be i'd be frustrated from the day i'd be frustrated you know at at mom or dad or Xavier. you know i'd be frustrated at somebody at work and i'd go in there i'd pop my earbuds in and i'd listen to steady by bb rexa and i yep. would just and it would touch that part of me Yep. And it would, t and it would make me feel better in the moment to music listen. Will, music will touch exactly what you want it to touch. <laughs> exactly. And That's so true. I could touch any part, you know, and yeah. like for me, I would, I'd be frustrated out of my mind and I'd be like, you know what? I'm mad. I deserve to listen to something angry. I put on ice nine kills. Yeah. I would listen to like some yep. screaming, hating everybody. I'd take it off and I'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's yeah. crazy that I could listen to the heaviest of stuff and yeah. feel light as a feather afterwards. Yeah. But it it's when and and someone told me this and it blew my mind. And it was when my uncle would talk about music in the youth group, he'd be like, you know, music will affect your attitude. It'll affect your outlook and your view yeah. on life. And I was like, uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so does yeah. TV. And the That's food right. that you ate for breakfast, right. everything, you know, yeah. and, and, and then I'd be like, it's, it's not a big deal because I know how to handle it. Right. You know, I'd be like, you can't have a beer. Yep. You can't drink in moderation, but I'd be like, I can listen to BB Rexa in moderation. Right. You know? And so it, until one day someone was like, for me, music is so deep. And I was like, I like this guy. He's talking my language. He was like, he was like, and then I realized that Satan's number one job in heaven yep. was music. He yep. was like, so if he's going to use anything, it's going to be what he does best. Music is going to be his number one weapon. He yep. was like, because music, whether you can appreciate the uh, composing of the music or you can appreciate the lyrics and the cadence and and all of the technicalities of what music is is it will touch a part of you even if you have no idea why or how he was like and that is yep. the power of music that satan will use and so i was like shoot yep dang yep this is his number one weapon and i'm just okay with that yep and so and like you said before, you're actually allowing him to touch your deepest, most parts, right? Terrifying. Like giving right? him access. Yeah. Whether like, you're welcome. strong enough or not, you're letting him play around in there. You know, it's like, yeah, oh. seriously. Yeah. Welcome to the depths of my soul. Yeah. Wow. Take a seat. Wow. And so it just, it, it scared me. And so 
I began to I began to listen to to praise and I would listen to worship and I went I because I was also at that time then convinced that you know nothing sounded better right. than you know the secular yeah. production of things yeah. and I'll be honest there's a lot of Christian artists that yep. suck yep no <laughs> I'll dude. be real there's a lot of they're them missing that, artistry. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's some that they're like, you know what? He was like, I was walking down the lot, sh- I was, yeah, it has changed yeah. now. And, and, and I'll get into how I, I found that out. But yeah. like, I, I like, you know, most of these artists was like, I was walking down the street, you know, and some dude with these big long dreadlocks handed me a CD and it was Christian music and it, it saves me. So now I have to make music. Like, you suck yeah. at making music. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be a car salesman at Eddie's yeah. Toyota and you're trying to make music for the Lord. Yeah. You know, it's like well, I remember I told my mom what you're supposed to do. I told my my grandma was just so against the the heavy Christian music that I listened to. You know, it was right the demonic beat and satanic tones and all these things. Yeah. And I remember telling her, Grandma, when somebody get saved and comes to the lord they don't just change their the the type of music they like mm. like you're not some heavy metal dude you get saved and now you like gospel music that's not right. how it works yeah and it's it's a simple to me a very simple thing to understand and sure it's, it's true it, it's very true yeah and i grew up in the time bro when it was straight cheese like we had the cheesiest Christian right. music in the early nineties, mid nineties, when DC in, in the talk. secular world, to me, that's some of my favorites are the nineties music. Like the nineties were like sure grooving in the secular music. But for yeah. Christians, they were. They would they would put that Christian stamp on it and it was just cheese ball city. Right. And you you really had to look hard and yeah. kind of in the the deep places to find the good stuff you know right because right. it was ostracized nobody yeah. wanted that you know that's right they're not like let's bring these people to our church you know and we but... didn't have spotify back then you know right so think, yeah think about i mean honestly think about that as a christian kid all i had access to were the christian bookstores and the kind of music that i liked they didn't accept those in christian bookstores yeah right so like you you had to buy them online or buy you know i'd, I'd you have you ever heard of Columbia House? You know what Columbia House is? Uh-uh. The Columbia House was a like a mail-in. I can't think of a comparison, but you were a member of Columbia House, and they would send you a catalog of all the new CDs and all this whatever. And you hmm. buy all your CDs from Columbia House, and you get like ten for ten bucks or whatever. And that's how I got a lot of my Christian music. But you couldn't yeah. get it. In, you couldn't get it at your Christian bookstore. You know, sure. You had access right. to D- DC Talk or or whatever uh, Petra, and I actually Carmen. love Petra. But yeah, Carmen, I've been to like, dude, so I ain't gonna bash Carmen on shows. Carmen. I ain't yeah. bashing on Carmen. Dude, Carmen he, is a beast. He was. Carmen uh, is amazing. Yes, he was good. I we uh so um my little sister has a has a newer boyfriend. Yeah, and um he got he got he was one of those radically saved stories. Yeah. That's really cool. Really crazy story. Um, that uh. But we were talking, you know, and I was like, I was like, Carmen, that's what it is. He's like, I never heard of Carmen. I was like, well, yeah, probably you haven't. I was like, come down. And we sat downstairs, dude, YouTubed it, bro. We went through like eight Carmen videos for like an hour. I just, it, it I was, tried. He was like, this is, 
I tried with my daughter, bro. I tried really? with Ashton. I sat her no. down, witch's invitation, oh. champion, all those, and she couldn't do it. And I'm like, I get it. It doesn't, it doesn't play well now necessarily. Sure. I mean, maybe it's coming because from my... that. It's it stands, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents, you know, gave us a Carmen tape, Mission yeah. Three Sixteen. Yeah, man, gave it to us, and I was like, you know, I was I was watching when I was a kid. That's right. You know, kids were on Cartoon Network. I was yeah. on Carmen Network. That's right. You know, That's so, so good. That's so good. But that's crazy. So no, it just so I I, I dove I dove deep into all the music I was listening to anybody and everybody. And, you know, I got convicted. The Lord was like, you know, pay attention to what you're letting in your life, you know, because here's the thing is like, for me is it, it scared me more to be out of, out of the presence and out of the tune with the spirit, because, because for me, it's like, you are saved when you believe and you confess that Jesus is your savior and your Lord. Yeah. That's what the Bible says. Yep. You're saved. That doesn't mean, you know, that you can go and do whatever you want, right. but there are people that are going to do things that will be in heaven, but it hindered their purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, not fulfilling my purpose mm. was the most terrifying thought. That's so good. And so because my thought was, you know, let me say right before worship, I get up there. I was listening to who knows what I get on stage. My spiritual radar is out of line because I didn't spend time in prayer. I didn't use that time to focus in. And I was supposed to talk to a kid that now, because I'm out of tune with the spirit, I don't hear that. And I'm not sensitive it. to it. Yep. And I missed that opportunity. That terrifies me. Yeah. That terrifies me more than anything. Yeah. Even still. And that's, I think that's what keeps me so close that's is good. the idea that not that. I would miss something, but that I would cause somebody else yeah. to miss something. And so I began to deep dive into Christian music and I found tons yeah. of artists that are good and they produce great music. You know, I think Christian rap is still catching up, but yeah. we're getting, we're getting there. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest. I'm a, I've got a preference to, to Christian hip hop for sure. Cause I, I can't handle the, the banger music, man. I can't handle the language and the, I hate, I, I just rap. can't. Yeah. I do. Too. I hate rap personally. Yeah. It's not my thing. And, and I, and it's probably because of that, that yeah. I hate it, but like listening to guys like NF, yeah. you know, I'm like beast, yep. you yep. know, Zonti. Yep. Who, honestly. And my, unprofessional opinion is the greatest christian rapper today it's so good is zonti yep. i absolutely love him you know and but i think that there were so many people that because here's the thing about rock and roll is the people that come from rock kind of almost like the i don't give a crap 
yeah. people, you yeah. know, and so there was no Christian rockers really trying to imitate the sound of others, at least not the good ones. Yeah. All of the good ones came up with their own sound. I think for a while, Christian rappers have been trying to sound like, you know, I'm trying to have Biggie. I'm trying to sound like That's talk, right. trying to sound That's like right. Eminem. Yeah, yeah. None of them are taking their own sounds. That's right. And Zonti, NF have found their sound that's different yeah and i love that yeah and so i think that for a while and it's unfortunate because people got stuck in religion people got stuck in the spirit of religion that's right saying we can't have any other music but gospel and southern gospel and country gospel have to understand every and hymns every word and, yep right you know yep. i went with my fiance to her uncle's church yeah and their worship was hymns you know and it was cool except for i get the hymn book and i open it up this is the first time i've seen a hymn book wow. and so i'm like singing the song dun, 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 and then i'm like why'd they skip three lines you know and they're like oh wait now they're back to the top Oh, now yeah. they skipped again. She's like, do you know how to read a hymn book? I'm like, no. She's like, well, there's a cadence in a way to read. And I'm like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. But it's there are so many people that have been stuck in this religious mindset of this is the only type of music. Now, if that's just what you prefer and that's just what yep. you like, yep. shout out to Mike Leitner, country gospel music, all that stuff. That's right. I, my grandpa, yep. I, lo I, I love listening to that with him, you know, but he knows that when I'm in the car by myself, yeah, I'm not pumping Mike Leitner. That's right. You know, yeah, I'm in there. And I remember the first time I asked my grandma for a rock and roll CD. Yeah. It was children, 18, three. <laughs> and I wanted to cover your eyes album. Yeah. And I don't know if you know what that image is, yep. she needs but to it's cover like her the, eyes if she's the chain link fence That's right. and the balloons and yep. the messed up hair and the makeup. And they're like, and she called me and she's like, are you sure that this is Christian? And I'm like, yes, nanny, I am sure that this is Christian. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, are you sure that this is the one that you want? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yes, I do. I just saw them in concert. They were touring with disciple. Yep. That's who I want, you know? And yep. so, and so she got it for me, you know? And I don't, I never like pushed it. I never yeah, listened yeah. to screamo around them. You know, yeah. I never listened to that. Rock. And like, now they know, you know, because, you know, when I get up there on Sunday night and I get yeah. in the mic and I scream, they, yeah. they know, you know, yeah. but it's just, it was so, it was so funny, you know, and now I, I'm like, Hey, there's a new rock song. I want you to read the lyrics, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I, I would bring them stuff like devastator by four today, yep. you know, I was like, let my name be feared at the yes. gates of hell you know, or fearless, we yes. won't be afraid, you know, yeah. or skill it. If you're sick of it, yep. if you're sick of it, you know, it's just, there are so many great rock songs and stuff, but I think that like music, it's just, it's come so far. Yeah. I feel like we still have a long way to go, Yeah, you know, good. but it's, there's sounds nothing. Like, sounds like you found a passion, huh? Oh, I love music. I have a passion for music. It's good. I love it. I listen to it. I'll play it. I'll sing it. I'll scream it. Yeah. I so. love it. 
I love it. Well, man, I really, really appreciate this. I feel like we haven't talked a whole lot. We went on a road trip to a concert, kind of the first time I really got to talk with you. Yeah. One-on-one. And uh, I appreciate this. I think this is good stuff. And I think I I want to tell you that I'm proud of you. We don't know each other that long, but I can tell you right now that I'm very proud of you. Um, I'm proud of your, your willingness to stand and uh, run and you know, your lane and you're, you're in it. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that you're, you, you provide a glimmer of hope for this generation for sure. And I don't, you're not the only one, right? There's, there's plenty. Right. But I just feel like the Lord is in this season specifically. He's going to make you guys louder and louder and louder because your generation will die without you. Like you, your generation will die without that presence, without that power, without that, you know, all those things that you talked about. And as long as you're carrying the torch, that that fire shouldn't go out. (laughs) Right. Mm. Right. That fire is not going to go out as long as you're keeping it, keeping it lit. And mm. I'm thankful for that for sure, because there's going to be, you know, the, the Lord, the Lord works in generations, you know, mm. he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't just work in individual life. He works in like entire, he, Jesus spoke a lot about this generation and the mm. last generation and the next generation. Yeah. And, you know, I can't, there's things that I, I'm not going to take responsibility for slavery, you know, hmm. I, yeah. it, it wasn't me. Right. There were generations well before me that did the right thing with slavery and got rid of it. Yeah. So it's, I'm not going to live in the past. I can't do a whole lot to alter the future, except take care of what's going on right now. And I'm not, I don't have the impact that I used to have for young people. You know, I'm 43 next month. There's a lot of 43 year olds that need what I've got, right? The experiences mm-hmm. that I've, that I have, I'm not saying I'm right. unable to reach a young person, but I'm just saying you're in this generation. This sure. is your generation. Yeah. Right? right. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that God's put it in good hands and that he's actually raising up giants to lead. It's, you know, and I, I'll say that I, I repent for any uh, words that I've spoken against your generation. And I repent for any, and, I'm, and I mean this with all sincerity, like yeah. any mindsets that I ever allowed the enemy to put, because that's, that's how generations die is mm-hmm. when the older generation stop caring for them. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, man, I'm, I feel like it's in good hands. And again, I've got daughters in your generation, man. So I should care about it. You know what I mean? And I'm not going to speak anymore about it being hopeless and helpless because God's not going to let that happen. Like he's raising up an army that's going to take care of his kids. And so that's right. Thank you, bro, for your heart. Thank you for your, your passion. 
thank you for letting it letting it loose often and uh you're getting married soon we kind of hit on that yeah you're uh gonna be experiencing adulthood like real adulthood be adulting soon yeah something like uh, that that's awesome what's your what's your initial thoughts heading into that season right now about marriage where are you at scared um yes i mean yes there there is healthy (laughs) fear you know i'm definitely excited um i think that right now crazy enough and i know we're ending this podcast and i could probably talk about this fear for another hour yeah but is the fact that I have held such high standards for myself through life in a physical, in the physical world Yeah, that like, you know, I was always like, I'm going to have a house when I get married mm. and the realization that our economy sucks. Thanks to yep. everybody that knows who I'm talking about yep. is it, it, it's hard. Yep. It's hard to give that to the Lord because it's been a dream. That's of right. mine to to feel ahead in life because I'm such I'm such a financially minded person. Yeah. I hate debt. I don't want to ever get in it. And it's just the idea of renting mm-hmm. drives me up the wall. <laughs> giving but somebody else your money. Giving somebody else. Yeah. Cause I'm like, what am I getting out of this? A yeah. house for now? That's only satisfying yeah. now. But realizing, right. you know what, I need to, I need to trust god when he works even in the ways that i don't so good or experience so good so yeah well your passion will take you far bro it'll take you far in your marriage it'll take you far in your uh whatever endeavors you're going for so keep that up for sure i think that's a great symbol for for your generation you hit you hit that nail on the head with passion for sure and uh it's you're you're showcasing that well so Thank you for well, that. I appreciate that. I love yes. you, dude. I appreciate love you, you man. very much. And thank uh, you for the opportunity. And yeah, let's do it uh-huh. again because you got more to talk about. I can tell. Always. All right. Yeah. That's the there's two things that I'll never stop talking about. That's music and Jesus in yes. the opposite order that I just listed it. <laughs> but no, cool. I you you said, you know, repenting yeah. for the thoughts of the generation. So yep. uh speaking to all of the people that are listening that are in the generation above me, no matter how many generations above me you are, like you said, don't, don't give up hope. Good. It's never too late to set the example that was needed because if you begin to be that little bit of light, realizing that my uncle put it best, a little bit of light will command a lot of darkness to leave. So as a call to action of my generation of let's find real love, just as much a call to action of the next generation to kindle and take care of the generation below you. It's never too late. It's It's never too late to set an example. I'm going to be fanning your flame, bro. Bring it. It's good. Bring it. We'll talk soon. I appreciate you, man. Absolutely. Thank you again. Yeah, see you.